Happy New Year and welcome to the first episode of the Max Term Podcast for 2024, or at least the first full-length episode, if you will. Uh, Kyle Stitch here alongside James Finch, and today we're going to have some fun with the fact that the calendar has turned and everyone's making resolutions, so James and I are going to make one for each team. So we have some overlap, but we'll, uh, we're going to kind of haul through the league spend a couple minutes talking about our resolutions for each team and uh, have a little bit of fun with this. Appreciate you listening, subscribing on any major podcast platform. Also available on YouTube as well. Follow us on X, formerly Twitter. Got it right for once. At AFP Analytics is where we post a lot of our content. At Max Term Pod, we also is where the podcasts kind of come out from originally, and then both of our personal accounts can easily be found from either of those. Also, all those um, accounts are also on the new Blue Sky app. We haven't put a lot of content out there, but we'd appreciate you following, and we would start putting some content out if we're not just speaking into a void, if you will. So uh, any any ads, anything like that associated with this podcast uh, are not necessarily products that we're working with endorsing. We'll, we'll be very clear if we are working with endorsing any products. And this is a podcast about our opinions this episode. Absolutely no inside information, no anything like that. We're just we're just having some fun get, kicking off the new year. In what we think hopefully is a fun kind of hockey way, I think we have some good resolutions here, some kind of silly ones, and maybe a few less serious, less, maybe not as good. But we're going to start, we're going to just go A through W. I, I would say Z, but there is no Z team. W win, ending with Winnipeg. So starting with Anaheim, we have similar ideas for what Anaheim needs to do. I'll throw mine out and then because yours is a little bit more specific. I said a little bit more generally, they need to give their younger players more opportunities to play in their lineup. Don't go out this offseason, especially, and get more fillers. Let their young players fill those those roster spots. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Uh that's just kind of where they are in their rebuild is give your young guys a chance before you make any type of bigger moves. I was a little more specific. And again, I, I want to say if mine, my resolutions differ at all, it's not a necessarily an instead of, it might be a, an in addition to. But in, in this case for Anaheim, it's very similar. I said fix slash enable Trevor Zegras. I said that thinking, one, not off to the greatest start this year, but I also think very early in his career there was a lot of hype, and it may have built up to a little bit more than he was able to really handle. Good, solid player. They should be pretty focused on trying to maximize his potential. Yeah, and I think the fact that they didn't get a long-term deal done with him this offseason, just it doesn't bode well. We talked about it uh, when he signed the deal. It just doesn't bode well for the long-term relationship there, especially if he's not progressing. I think there's already going to be a little bit of kind of frustration on his end because he didn't get that contract. The, if, the, if he's not performing for the team, I, I think there's also a chance that if we were to sit here and do this again one year from now, the resolution for the Ducks could be trade Trevor Zegras. It very well could be, and 
I think I, I think right now it kind of goes back to that a little bit more vague or broader resolution that you have. Embrace their younger talent. See what you have. Try and provide them the environment to do well. And if they don't, then you make your decisions. So Anaheim moving next is Arizona. We both have one of the same resolutions, so I'll, I'll get that one out of the way. And then your second one I like a lot is something that I thought about as well. Arizona, first and foremost, you need to figure out your long-term arena plan. You need to have a deal done so you so the team is either committed to staying in Arizona or if there's no new arena deal done in the early part of this year might be time to pull the plug unfortunately in in the greater phoenix area and move move elsewhere unfortunately yeah i i agree i had that one listed too um the other thing i had listed here was just stay the course um right now arizona's still kind of in it and it's not necessarily going to go away they just can't get too excited where they're spending high-level draft picks and trades for rentals to make a push. Um, now, maybe we get closer to the deadline. They're still doing very well. Maybe you consider, like, tossing a fourth for someone. Um, but really, when I look at Arizona, it's great that they're doing well. I think they still need to consider selling off veterans uh, this year, at least. Um, and maybe it's maybe it's literally stay the course and they just go through the end of the season with what they have if they're still playing well but don't get ahead of themselves I thought you were going with don't make don't sell at the deadline with with when I saw your notes for stay the course I thought you were you were saying don't sell at the deadline and I like that I like Arizona well, trying to stay in it if they're if they're there very possibly don't don't sell at the deadline I, I guess staying the course maybe in better words just don't overreact to the success i 100 percent agree i think we're going to see that's a theme for a couple other teams as well that's not the first time you're going to hear don't overreact stay the course etc but i i like it for arizona a lot i agree with you don't don't put don't trade away a first round pick because you still need those but also unless you're getting blown away by a deal or you or something has went really wrong I think you you should keep a lot of your veterans and try to actually make a push for the playoffs this year if yep. you're if you're there. Boston, I'm gonna. I I think I'll start because I think mine leads nicely into what you have. Is my New Year's resolution for the Boston Bruins is I think it's time for them to make a decision on their goalie. I don't think they can go into another season, especially with Linus Allmark, uh, would be would be on a one-year deal. So he's got this season he's under contract, and he'll be under contract next season. But you can't go into next season with him on that expiring contract. You also probably can't give him an extension unless he wants to sign for a ridiculously low amount. So it's time to probably turn it over to Jeremy Swayman. I guess unless you want to trade Swayman, but I, I think it's trade Allmark. But regardless, you need to figure that out this offseason, and that will free up cap space to allow them to do what you're suggesting. Yeah, so my resolution was find a true number one center. Uh, 
what they did this past offseason seemed underwhelming. It's working well enough right now, but it's still pretty obvious they don't have a true number one guy. Um, projected around $25 million in cap space for next year, or I, I guess to use this offseason. DeBrusque and Grieslick are UFAs. Swayman's an RFA. Those are kind of the, the main three for Boston. I agree. I would keep Swayman, move Allmark. That being said, from a trade standpoint, you might be able to use Swayman as a higher value with uh, team control and possibly find that true number one center or use Swayman as part of the deal. Regardless, I, I think Boston is in a good spot. They're not hurting too badly from Bergeron and Krejci leaving. But I guess their core is only going to get older. And right now they are still very much in a, a winning window. I find that, find that one C. I think that's the key point because that this is not like Matt Potras uh, slander by any means. It, no. It's just he's not he's not there yet. Maybe he could be, but not in the time frame you're looking for if you're Boston. So get get a number one center, but really you have to probably figure out your goalie situation to see how much space you have to work with. And really quick with that, there might be an option or two out there just in free agency that they could look at. Um, I, I won't go any further with that too in depth, but I, I think yours was led into mine really well because that goalie situation is really going to impact the amount they can spend. Buffalo Sabres up next. I think they're very simple. They need to figure out what who they want to be, what type of team they want to be. It's come out that they've changed, made some adjustments to their system, play style a little bit. And they were one of the highest flying teams last year. And this year, it's just not working. Yeah, so I, I put the exact same thing you had. I don't even know if there's a whole lot for me to add to that. They, just like you said, they were one of the best offensive teams last year. And it looks like, trying to be a little more well-rounded may have backfired a little bit. Um, a lot of those top players last year aren't quite, I guess, honestly, they aren't looking too comfortable this year. They they really need to figure out what kind of style they want to play. I don't know if it will just start clicking at some point. I don't know if it will require a different core or different group of players to fit the new style. But regardless, what's happening right now with Buffalo is not going to be good for the future. I think I think it goes a little bit back even to last offseason where, where the signings they made, the acquisitions they made were, were Connor Clifton, um, Eric Johnson in particular, were just big, big physical defensemen. And that seemed a little bit like square peg round hole fit and it kind of has been yeah they've they've provided value where they've been asked but that's not really what the Sabres needed to address so so yeah I uh they, maybe they'll pivot back this offseason if not either coaching change or core change or something's gonna have to happen because there's not options yep Calgary again we're we're in the same same realm here I I think I think the word that needs to be used is it's time to retool. 
Yeah, so you mentioned certain players who could be on their way out, and I 100% agree. So you've got your uh, Lindholm, Hannafin, Tanev. I would try to bring them back and re-sign them, I think, at this point. But I'm not breaking the bank to do so. It needs to be a good deal, and if it's not, I'll get some assets for it. I like the retool over the rebuild. I think all of their skaters in general, they're doing actually fairly okay this year. They're bad in goal. Vladar is bad. Markstrom is a little below average, so I'm going to say Markstrom's not been good. And Dustin Wolf, their rookie, this is only in five games played so far, but he hasn't shown any real, like, wow, he's about to take over for us. They really need to figure out their goaltending because if they had even average to slightly above average, we might not be saying rebuild and retool. We might say go find this one missing piece at the deadline to compete. I think what's interesting with Calgary is a lot of the players that have kind of had a little bit of a positive impact and I think led them to win some games are the younger guys in positions that is not goal. So I think it's time to give Justin Wolf a, a level of runway to work with uh, and and see what you have because at forward like Connor Zari when he's been when he's played has has had a very strong impact. Marin Pospisil has had a very strong impact for the Flames. And those are guys you weren't necessarily expecting, but they're giving the young guys a chance to make an impact. And I think you need to do the same elsewhere on your roster. So that's why I lean towards retool is you might have the pieces, but you need to give them a chance. 100%. So Caroline, I think you, with with what you kind of came up with, summarize them best. Yeah, so I put organizational stability, and that factors in the coach and their AHL affiliate, or lack thereof. So starting with a coach, Brindamore, he's, I would say, probably going to be one of the more sought-after coaches who, I guess, is a free agent at the end of the year. I think it would be a no-brainer to keep him, but I also think that Price-wise, maybe it doesn't quite fit what Carolina would like to do. So there's that issue, but there's also the issue of not having your own AHL team. And I, I guess from a roster management and asset management standpoint, I feel that should be of a very high concern because you're ultimately running your prospects through your pipeline and it could be changing year to year. Get an AHL affiliate, have that be your team, get that contract done and just have the stability in place. So I, I think between the coach and that AHL issue, it's just kind of lock things in and have them be how they're going to be. Yeah, I th those are basically it. Maybe maybe they need to look at a goalie, but that that might be a little bit of a lesser concern if they can get those other things in place, like having 
proper place to develop that goalie might be uh might be the number one priority and maybe things will fall into place after that so yeah and one thing i'll say with the goalie is this was one team i actually really liked the three goalie i guess the three goalie situation with anderson ranta and kachikov it's kind of paying off that they did that because anderson and ranta not doing well and or hurt kachikov's there i won't would like to see what he can do over a full season because he's their goalie of the future. So this is kind of a situation where the young guy getting some runway here, it, it could pay off. Um, but yeah, they, they need to figure that out for sure. Moving on to Chicago. I, I think this is a, I think this is a pretty, pretty obvious one. You, they have a generational talent. They've torn things down. We've seen other teams, namely the Buffalo Sabres, do the exact same thing and then not build up next to that generational talent well enough, quick enough. Chicago this year needs to start to add and retain players. That might be, that might start with like a Ryan Donato even, not trading him, upping him because he's been a good fit with Bedard but they need to add more skill and more players around Bedard so it doesn't turn into a Jack Eichel Buffalo Sabres situation. 100%. And so they kind of tried to do it this year, brought in Taylor Hall. He gets hurt. It happens. There's no predicting that. But I, I like Donato as an example. Let's say you sign him to like a two-year deal or something in the offseason and just spitballing, maybe three. I don't know. He's good with Bedard. In theory, long-term, that's not necessarily his spot on the team, but he still provides value. And instead of losing him, having him on a third line or maybe slides to your second line, like that's good. That's a smart, I, I guess that's smart asset management. Bring in players so you are consistently improving. They don't want to go too crazy with that because they want room for prospects coming up other younger guys to surround Bedard with but I, I think they really need to make sure that they are consistently improving year to year um, and like you said you don't want an Eichel situation I would say you even want to try and avoid Edmonton's situation they're pretty good now but it took a little while and I, th I think you kind of look at those two situations and try and learn from it. Don't be too crazy in free agency, but if there's some two, three, maybe four-year deals out there where you can get just average to slightly above average guys in, you got to do it. Surround the generational talent. And part of the reason that I'm, that, that was kind of my goal is, it's, is teams like this at the trade deadline fall into a, oh, let's go get more draft picks. Let's go get more young assets for, so Donato has this year and one more, so he wouldn't be a pure rental, but I'm using yeah. him as an example because I think he would be an attractive option for a lot of teams, reasonable salary, good performance. Chicago has potentially two first round picks each of the next two drafts, three second round picks this year, two the year after, three again in, th in three years that that's enough to work with you don't need to be kind of marginally trading these guys get so i want to see some stability with your vet with the players instead of 
trying to squeeze an extra third round pick in next year's draft. Yeah, so that that's right where I was going with that is I think there is for all of the veterans on that team, there is a price where Chicago can't really say no to it. But yeah, if it's trading one of them and you you get a third or a fourth like that, you you need to make sure you're balancing that out with are we making the short-term situation worse for our young players? Bedard's going to be the one mentioned, but there's some other young guys. There's Lucas Reichel not having the greatest start to his career this year. You want to surround these guys with a positive supporting cast, and getting an extra fourth in the draft doesn't really make sense. Colorado, I I had a few... I jokingly, I'll jokingly throw out because it's different from you. Colorado needs to just get healthy. That's Landis Cog, yeah. Uh, Landis Cog in particular, but but just get healthy. Arturi Lekkinen would be yep. another another long term. He's on long term injured reserve now, but get get your good players back. You have a slightly more pointed one, and I don't disagree with your idea either. Yeah, goaltending. Gorgiev was fine last year. He's not this year. Um, I have always kind of viewed him as like a 1B at best. Very good team, so that can be hidden a little bit, but I think he's at least so far having a bit more of an off year than he usually would. That's kind of when you look at their roster, that's the obvious like they could improve here is their goalie. I think they have Ivan Provostov who was, I think, with Arizona at one point. And he's played fairly well for them this year, but he's not really a long-term. I, I don't think he's a long-term, like, number one guy. It, it's finding the number one goalie. Don't want to go down the rabbit hole too much, but they would seem like a perfect spot for, like, a, a, a Linus Olmark if a trade in the offseason were to happen. But honestly, for Colorado, that's something they should be looking for at the deadline as a goalie. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that with that entirely as well. Next team up, Columbus Blue Jackets. I think this is a pretty pretty clear cut one. They need to commit to either letting their young players go, make mistakes, go with it, or I guess trying to compete and making better moves to do that i mean i think the i think the correct answer is is young players so do i this is one where this past offseason we could have said something very similar to what we just said about chicago of you've got some young players but try and surround them with a fairly decent supporting cast what I think Columbus did was they looked at that, said, okay, and they did it a little bit too much. And what kind of ended up happening is you have a team with a handful of higher-paid players who ultimately aren't getting the job done, and it's less space to see and really provide opportunity for the younger players on the roster. I look at Columbus, and... Just the way my head works, I would love to see them just completely rebuild everything they've done in the past couple of years. Just ship them out if you can. Get something for them. It, it, I, I guess that's the way I would put it. They 
they wanted to surround their young guys and it kind of ended up being we have some young guys to go along with our random veterans from around the league i think i think the best way to kind of sum up Columbus is, is look at their defense. This offseason, they went out and got both Damon Severson and Ivan Provorov, and that's led to blocking... I mean, David Yerchuk is, is the number one example. He's been... Like, he started the season in the AHL. He should have been in the NHL all year. He should be playing top four minutes for them already. And then they also have been like Adam Boquist's name has been in the rumor mill all season. You know, I, I like that's my there's no reason to have his name in the rumor mill because you voluntarily went out and got Severson Provorov last year, Eric Branson. So let let's let's embrace some of these young guys, let them play, see what you got, and go from there because they really haven't seen what they've had from most of those guys. Yeah, I, I fully agree, and I, I think it would be unfair to not point out that Zach Wierenski, who's probably their best player, I would I would say probably their best player right now. Goudreau's good, but he hasn't been that good this year. Wierenski's been hurt for a lot of the past, well, this season and last year. That definitely, I'm sure, impacts them a little bit. I don't know how much better they actually are, even with him back in the lineup. It, with I guess with him in the lineup, I would still say they, they kind of need to figure out what path they want to go down. That, that's, that's the issue here. So another, I think another pretty easy one we have we have kind of the similar idea here dallas stars i think their top priority is they need is they need a reliable option in goal to pair with jake ottinger that does like ottinger can should still be playing the majority of their games but they they need something to they need someone to be able to give him a rest at times and not run him into the ground in the regular season because it, they're a team that's built for a long postseason run, and you want Ottinger healthy and fresh for that. Yeah, so I agree. What's weird is so far this season, Ottinger has actually been pretty bad, to like significantly worse than his backup. That said, Dallas is a good enough team that it hasn't really shown in their record yet. It could just be a bad start to the year, which is what I believe it is. He's their number one and future number one. I do agree. We saw it in last year, I believe. He just ran out of gas in the playoffs. I don't think Wedgwood's a bad backup, but it, looking at the roster and where they can improve, that would be one of the spots is find someone who could take a little bit more of the playing time. And then we both had acquiring a, a D-man. They don't have to necessarily do it. I think it could end up being a bottom pair depth defenseman type of addition at the deadline. But to poke holes in this roster, which is really what you have to do because there's not a significant hole, that's probably where they need to shore things up before the playoffs. 
Yeah, and with Ottinger, you wonder how much of last year's playoff like burnout basically is contributing to not a great start to this season. Like, did he just get run again? That that might be more evidence for you need someone else to be able to reliably spell him. Wedgwood again, he's not he's not uh, the worst like two, but probably more of a three in your organization where he's where he can come up and spot start. But you want. Again, get someone you can feel comfortable with rolling out there for closer to 40 games maybe than Wedgwood yes. more like 20. Yes, I, I agree. Yep. So Detroit, um, I'll, I'll say the general, you have more specifics to kind of add. Much like Columbus, I want to see them commit to a direction. Again, another offseason where they went out and got older players especially on and i'll lead you into this especially on defense because you have someone in particular you want to talk about yeah so first thing i had listed was to bring up their top defensive prospect simon edvinson playing well in the ahl there's no space on the nhl roster right now I think they added Justin Hall and Shane Gostaspare. They're still playing Olimata. Jeff Petrie they Jeff acquired. Jeff Petrie as they well. acquired. That's right. You need space to see if your young guys are ready and ultimately give them a little bit of consistent playtime, I guess. And that's going to be tough to find for Edvinson in Detroit. And I don't mean to say that implying that it would have to be elsewhere, but they, they do need to make room for their top prospects. It is a little interesting. You look at the forward group. Uh, we've talked about this before. You already had Andrew Kopp. You signed JT Comfer. Very similar from just a play style standpoint. Comfer is actually doing much better this year than Kopp. So I will say that, but they need scoring. So looking at their team, you need to extend Lucas Raymond. He's part of your future. One of your only scoring threats long term. And they need more scoring. They went and got to Brinkett and we said, okay, great. You need more scoring. Forward depth in general needs to be a little better for Detroit. But they just they need to add guys who can score goals. And I think the way you do that is is embracing the younger players instead of the because you this offseason there will be goal scorers probably potentially available on the free agent market but you generally are not finding the the top end goal scoring talent in free agency so you either need to make a trade or you need to develop someone internally and let them kind of give them the runway to do so uh most cider would be another one eligible for a contract extension this uh, yes that needs to get done um, as, as well. So moving on, Edmonton Oilers, I'll let you go in on on the goalie situation. I, I think my number one priority for them is Evan Bouchard does not need a new contract this offseason, but he's eligible for one, and the price is probably only going to continue to go up you need to lock him in this offseason before you price yourselves out or or back yourselves into a corner. So my, I think, number one resolution for the Oilers, above all else, is get Evan Bouchard locked up long-term this offseason. 
So that that a hundred percent should be the off season priority. You want to be careful. You said, don't back yourself into a corner. They need to be careful that they don't get backed into a corner of Bouchard or Drysital. Because that that's a worst case scenario, but that is a path that could be gone down here in the next two years. Of they're gonna have to choose. If they're smart, they won't. That sort of leads me into this other issue of finding a goalie because they've got a little over seven mil, I believe, tied into two goalies, uh, Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner. Skinner's all right. He's not great. He's having a little bit of a down year in comparison to how he's previously played. It's not quite a true starting goaltender, I don't think. Campbell, they're really crossing their fingers hoping that he figures it out because it's a tough contract to have on the books. They they need to find someone who is average, who they can just rely on it to be a kind of average, solid goalie, doesn't need to be a Vezina candidate, but just someone who you're not worried about each night. Going to be tough to do that. Maybe short-term they can find something this season. Long term, it it gets hard because you you need to have money there for Bouchard. You need to have money there for Drysital. Caps going up. I'm sure they'll be able to fit in a solid goalie. Um, just got to be careful on the free agent market. That's not the easiest thing to navigate. So they need a goalie now, short term and long term. So the Florida Panthers are next up, and I think we'll – so much like Boston, one of us has kind of something that leads – so yours leads into kind of what I was talking about. So yours, much like mine with Boston, was goalie situation. Yeah, so for Florida – and obviously the organization knows better than anyone what's exactly going on here, but more so I, I guess just for me looking at this, it's – is Spencer Knight going to be an option soon? And by soon, I really mean next year. If he is, and you feel comfortable enough to roll with him, might be the time to try and move on from Bob Rosky. Now, a buyout will save you a little under $4 million, or Maybe it's like just over $3 million. I think you'd be able to retain a bit, save a similar amount, and not have those extra buyout years. Um, retain in a trade, I should say. But that's the very obvious player, very obvious contract of it would be good to use that money elsewhere. And you've got a couple guys listed that are going to need to be figured out really – maybe even in season this year because free agency Florida could get priced out fast. So just, just for Brabrowski, a buyout would cost them three and a third basically, or they would save three and a third the yes. next two okay. seasons. So just a touch over 3 million per. So it, it, it's, it's trading him and retaining might be, might be the better option there because the savings aren't, tremendous and then you don't have to spread it out additional years which the additional years wouldn't be massive it would just be 1.6 ish 1.7 still 
But for a team that's going to be up on cap space because of Sam Reinhart, Brandon Montour, among others. So Reinhart and Montour are both unrestricted free agents this offseason, have the ability to sign with any team that they might want to. Those are two of Florida's most important, arguably most important players. Montour's goals point production, at least the five on fives down right now. But his underlying numbers have been tremendous since he's come back from shoulder surgery. And Sam Reinhart is just absolutely lighting it up. He, I, he's always been one of my probably favorite players. But he's he's now putting it like the points are there too. He both of them. We have a we have an ex, kind of an extension episode planned to talk about contract values uh, coming up probably next week. So subscribe, tune in for that. They're looking at potentially pushing, I'm just going to say 20 million ballpark for the two of them. Maybe not quite that much, but we can allocate 20 million. If you do that, plus Barkov, plus, you know, all these other guys they have, they, they need to keep them, but the depth is going to become a question really quick. Well, here's the other thing that savings with Bobrovsky or maybe retaining a little bit, that might sound like not a ton of money. You said Reinhardt and Montour, and I, I fully agree. Those are like the top two. Anton Lindell needs a new deal. He's an RFA. You might have to go short term there just due to this cap situation. Gustav Forsling is a top four defenseman for the Panthers. They could very well lose two top four defensemen. This is a very big off season for them as far as like what the future of their team's going to look like. This off season they could also talk extension with Sam Bennett and Carter Verhage. Now you sign Montour and Reinhardt, you find a deal for Lindell, let's say all that happens, it works out great. It might be tough to talk extension with those other two. But the main point here is in the next year and then even extend it uh, one more year. Florida could look like a very, very different team. And I, I guess the relation in these resolutions where I mentioned Bobrovsky, it now might be the time, even though you're not saving a ton, like every little bit is going to help. Yeah. So you, basically, so my resolution to sum it up was figure out Reinhardt and Montour in season without wrecking the depth across your roster and again that you you named a couple more players there's other guys I would say I don't think Sam Bennett's breaking the bank but like Carter Verhage's a 40 goal scorer like that that could get pricey is pretty oh, quickly as well Sam Bennett's someone that teams are going to pay it as a at least a middle six center so I mean you could be talking Five plus, and it's not insignificant. So, I and Forsling isn't a number one defenseman, but you could be looking at five plus there as well. It just it's going to be hard, regardless, to make all of this work. They're probably going to lose someone if they feel Spencer Knight can come back and be their guy. I feel like they should be able to find a taker for Bob Roski two years. Let's say you retain 
four and free up six. I, I could see another team taking Bobrovsky for six mil on two years. So it was something like that. You got to free up money to sign these guys. Yeah. So Los Angeles Kings, we we are actually quite different here. You probably don't disagree with what I'm about to say, but not at all. Mine for the Kings is find a reliable long term option in goal. Cam Talbot's been good this year. The but he's not much more than a year, maybe two of an answer. And with the rest of their core being what it is, you need someone to go along with that core. And they don't have that someone right now. And part of that core is one of the things that you say they need to get done. Yeah, so I, I 100%, if not 110%, agree with finding a long-term goalie. I picked something different just because it's, important for them it's a Quentin Byfield extension he started off slow in his career this season he is looking like the top pick that they were expecting and ultimately I will say the Kopitar long-term replacement need to get a deal done we've said numerous times how important it is to try and go long-term and not a bridge deal he needs a new deal. Get it done. He's going to be one of your top players for a decade. LA, one of the best rosters, great players. Let's 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 figure it out. Make sure make sure all your ducks are in a row for a long term sustainable success. I think sums yeah. up their New Year's resolution. Yep. Set yourself up for long term success because you have the pieces to do so. Minnesota next up alphabetically. I'll start because it leads into what you're kind of getting at, and I str- and I really agree with what you're about to say. So my mine in general for Minnesota is let younger players play. I mean, we've said this for other teams already, but they they've uh, multiple off seasons added veterans like a Pat Maroon, for example, that's taking a, a roster spot from a younger player because they need to figure out what they have and yours is a player in particular that they need to kind of figure out what type of player he is. Yeah, so I mentioned Minnesota needing a number one center, which I think people have been saying for years, Um, even in the Koivu days, still kind of saying we don't have a true number one. You need to find out if that is already on your roster, at least in a long-term sense. And we're talking Marco Rossi. He dealt with COVID pretty severely, um, which set back his development. That's pretty obvious. This season, he seems like he's starting to really catch on to an NHL game. He's producing well. That being said, my my issue with Minnesota, and I, I'm not saying they're doing this because they're not, but they need to put him in the absolute best possible situation. And that means playing with either one of or both of Kirill Kaprizov and Matthew Boldy. Now, I believe they've had him playing with Kaprizov, but Kaprizov's hurt right now. That's... It is what it is. What my bigger issue is, is 
just looking at overall time on ice, Marco Rossi, a little over 16 minutes a game. Joel Erickson, a little over 20 minutes a game. I like Joel Erickson as a player. He is a middle six center. He is not a number one. Now, if I'm Minnesota and I believe Marco Rossi definitely is not a number one center, fine, I'll play Erickson more. But I'm not sure just in the amount of games how they would know that yet. So play the young guys. We keep saying it. That's what Minnesota needs to do. It's Marco Rossi getting him really top-line minutes because you need to find out if he can do it. And I mean, honestly, I'll say really quickly, defensively, they're doing it with Brock Faber. That's what I was about to butt in with is is injuries kind of forced their hand with Brock Faber, but yes. they're doing it, and, oh, lo and behold, that's worked out really, really well for them. So may, maybe uh, you need to do the same with Marco Rossi and see what you have because, I mean, unless Minnesota's way smarter than both of us, which, I mean... I guess it's possible, but I don't know <laughs> how much more information they have that we don't have, at least from a just watching analytics standpoint. Like, there's nothing, nothing saying that Marco Rossi is not a number one center, but there's nothing saying he is. So if Minnesota has made that decision, I, I don't know how they got there. Yep, find out. So Montreal, I'll let you lead off because our our – resolutions are basically flipped for what we just said for minnesota yeah so montreal consider a proper rebuild definitely a team who has just patched with middle six wingers random defensemen who contenders are kind of need to get rid of (laughs) for montreal just looking at the roster it's a very average team there are a lot of average names. I really think they need to just actually do a rebuild because the retool of the past five-plus years hasn't really worked. They had a little bit of success. I want to say it might have been the COVID year. It was, it was the COVID year. Maybe gave them a little bit of false hope looking long-term that maybe we're better than we thought we were. And I don't know. I, I I look at the roster. They've got a lot of guys might be good on third lines for a lot of contenders, but I don't know. I, I think Nick Suzuki is good. There's a long-term piece. I would even say if they want to, and he wants to stay, keep Gallagher. He seems like a good locker room guy and he's still a pretty decent player. But th- there's just a lot of random names. If a team wants Josh Anderson, trade them Josh Anderson. He's not moving the needle for you right now. I So I have a particular player that I am zoning in on here. Montreal needs to figure out a good, true development plan for their number one overall pick, Yuri Slavkovsky. That, like, so a rebuild's only as good as you like make it as far as developing guys and so he should be your piece to really be on the path to maybe not needing a rebuild but he's not a number one overall pick yeah should put you in a position to not need to full-on rebuild and maybe do more of a calgary-esque retool or 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 something but like you have to figure out yuri slavkoski it's not working right now 
you need a development plan and i mean it, it's it's already like looking bad with the players that went immediately after him some of the players that went immediately after yeah. him so to me montreal you need to invest and figure out a way for Slavkowski to become a long-term success and stop worrying about your short-term and the optics related to probably sending him to the ahl yeah so that if they were to hit the rebuild button right now and start that it's number one priority is figure out what to do with him to put him in the best spot possible. I do think they kind of got stuck in that he's the first overall pick. We need to bring him to the NHL right away. They shouldn't have. I think doing that proper rebuild might kind of help them almost hide it a little bit of getting him to the AHL. Like, all right, we're, we're done. We need to start a proper rebuild and that's going to include getting our young guys the development that they need so next team up is nashville i will spend very little time on it because our the episode that we re, the last episode we recorded and pushed out was a long-term outlet for the nashville predators and we spent probably 20 minutes on that episode i i might be exaggerating a little bit i don't really think i am that's about talking, what i was gonna say talking about the goalie situation and how they need to figure it out this offseason, if not sooner. And both of our resolutions, figure it out, Nashville. you got to figure out who's your long-term option, Soros or Askarov. Yep, uh, 100%. I think you definitely need to give Askarov some games. And quite honestly, and won't make this a long conversation like you said, but one of those two can be used to get a very much needed piece long-term at forward, possibly a center prospect or a young player, even a defenseman looking at their organizational depth. But you have a Vesna caliber goalie, and then you have a very high-level goalie prospect you can't risk not getting value for one of them. And again, you want to hear more about what Nashville, why they need to make this decision, what they should do. Uh, previous episode, future out Nashville Priders will, will get you much more in depth on them. So kind of funny that the next team up alphabetically is the New Jersey Devils, who coincidentally in that future outlook episode for Nashville is who I connected to UC Soros. And this is also my resolution basically for them. It doesn't have to be Saros, but find a reliable goaltending be because it could be Askarov <laughs> like too, it, it, potentially. This is, and again, we won't go too crazy with this, but they're kind of, th those two teams are a perfect matchup for kind of what eventually needs to happen here. But yeah, looking at New Jersey alone, uh, Vanacek is not, He's not the goalie that they were hoping he was going to be. They've got Akira Schmid. Could be decent. I don't think he's going to be the number one that they are looking for. Nico Dawes is, I think, up with them right now. They, they just recently swapped um, Schmid, and, Schmid and Dawes because Schmid was just not get, yeah. get, putting it together at the NHL level. I mean, none of them. Vanacek isn't either, but yeah. You know. So I, you can, I guess, see what Nico Dawes is going to do. But when you're looking at this team, offensively great, defensively at least good. I would even, I would say improving. Imp yes, improving for sure. 
this is you, you look at a top contender this is a glaring need if they want to win a cup and make it through the playoffs they need someone there I don't know at this point I don't think Nashville is trading Soros this season you might be able to get an Askarov but you're also going to have to give up one of those offensive probably NHL pieces and maybe it's a little easier than that it's just a patch job and you get like a Jake Allen or someone for well I I guess he's not going to be a rental but Regardless, they they need a goalie that I think you have it here perfectly. Reliable goalie, someone that they can trust. Yeah, because I think for as you ran through their forwards, if they can stay healthy, elite defensemen, uh, Luke Hughes and Simon Nemich are really rounding into something special, adding Dougie Hamilton to that mix. I mean, among others, Jonas Seengenthaler is, is a really good depth guy. They have all the pieces outside of goal. You can't go into the playoffs with those pieces uh, outside of goal with the goalies that are currently on their roster. New York Islanders, I, I mean, I struggled with them a little bit, but I think I think this one's actually a pretty pretty strong resolution for them. They need to get, just like we said with Edmonton, with Bouchard, the Islanders need to get Dobson figured out and kind of Edmonton and the Islanders might be playing a little bit of chicken with each other because I think realistically you want to be first with them because the, the one that assigned second is going to probably just get a little bit more. And if you're either of those teams, you don't have the cap space to necessarily do that. So Islanders dops an extension doesn't have to be done this summer, but he's eligible for it. I think that's what they need to figure out. The sooner, the better for sure. Islanders have actually I would say they've done fairly well with their contracts, at least as far as making guys fit that you thought they were going to lose. You'd get Mayfield, long deal, lower AAV than a lot of people expected. Pierre Engvall, same thing. The Islanders can talk extension with Brock Nelson, Kyle Palmieri, Noah Dobson, I think Nelson might be one they look to keep. Maybe. It feels very much so like a core piece to the Islanders. Might not be someone we necessarily identify as a long-term core piece, but they keep re-signing Cal Clutterbuck. So regardless, Dobson needs to be a priority. I think the longer they wait, the bigger the price tag is going to be. And I, I guess I was more so throwing that out there is Brock Nelson's really the only one you might need to give some money to. They should be able to get a deal done with Dobson, but just kind of looking at them, I fully agree. That's kind of got to be their priority in the next half a year to a year. Yeah, because if they don't get that done and they start to add contracts around him, that that could cause a, a tough situation salary cap wise down the road. So Figure out him first and then let your other pieces fall into line. So that that's their big one. The Rangers are next up. I very generically said they should use assets and go for it this year because they have one of the best. They're playing some of the best hockey in the NHL and they have one of the best rosters, frankly. Yeah, so 
I think at some point we'll have an episode where we go through our preseason predictions. I'm going to leave your Rangers take for that episode. I'll kind of mention mine where I had them just making the playoffs and I had Shesterkin as my Vesna winner. And I think that's important to mention here because the Rangers, I believe, as of tonight, are in first place in the Metro. Shesterkin is not the reason. Shesterkin actually has been average at best and really slightly below average. Assuming he improves as the season goes on, I think they could end up being a favorite for the Cup. And to be completely honest, when I look at their roster, I, I, I like their defense. It's their forwards that I think need a little help, similar to last year. I would like to see a center, but they could use wingers as well. They just need more depth. And honestly, they're playing like one of the best teams in hockey. And what everyone would have thought would make them that is not playing very well right now. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here for them to really make a push. Throw one just kind of random but not random name out for forward for the uh, Rangers that might make a lot of sense. I don't know if he will want to be traded necessarily, but Kyle Oposo from Buffalo to the Rangers would make a lot of sense for that organization. Yeah, that would be interesting. I could throw a couple more Sabres names too, maybe more valuable ones that would make a lot of sense for the Rangers. We'll see what happens with Buffalo. There, There's the Sabres. There's going to be a bunch of other teams, too, who could possibly sell. Okposo would fit a need for the Rangers, type of player he is. Up and down the Rangers lineup, whether you want to acquire a goal scorer or someone who is better on a defensive line, you need a winger, you need a center, there's space to add for the forward group. That's really what they need to do because only one of their top forward draft picks is playing like a top forward draft pick, which is an improvement on last year. Lafreniere looks good. Capocacco still doesn't. Well, Philip Heedle as well, I would say, has been good, but he's been injured all Yes, well, year, so. I, I, I more meant like top, top, top draft two, picks. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ottawa Sanders, I mean, if we did this last year, we did this the year before, we probably would have, well, maybe not the year before. Last year, we would have said, find a goalie. We're still saying find a goalie. Next year, it seems like we're going to be saying find a goalie because they're kind of back themselves into a corner. But may, maybe new management, new coaching staff will uh, just cut cut bait and move on from what they've put themselves in. Corpusalo is a, I'll say, a good backup. At best, a 1B, and that's exactly what he's playing like right now as their starter. Their backup, I'm blanking on the name. Anton Forsberg, I believe. Yes, um, not playing very well. They they need goaltending. Defensively, they've pretty much got their group of guys. Could maybe add a depth defenseman, but they've got their top six, I think. And even at forward, they don't need to go make a huge splash for someone. It's more like maybe bring in a bottom six type guy and Im- improve there. But the thing really holding them back seems to be their goaltending. 
have a wild idea for the Ottawa Senators. Jack Campbell for Jonas Corposalo, one for one. I don't know if Corposalo is playing bad enough for them to do that. I, I, mean, I think I, Edmonton would for sure go for that. I think Ottawa would just rather stick with the decision they made. That's that's probably what they're going to do. I I don't know if I'd confidently say Corpusal hasn't been that bad because he's been one of the worst goalies in the league, but yeah, he I'm has not, not saying it's been gonna good, happen, but, but yeah. I I guess I more see Campbell as like he's at the bottom right now. He's he's rock bottom for a goaltender. So it's it's an interesting thing to bring up though. Yeah, it, it, again, it's not going to happen, but it's it's at least in the realm of like, hey, this actually, if you look at this on paper, could make a level of sense. Philadelphia Flyers, much likely we laid out the Arizona Coyotes. Stay the course was your your basically phrase. I like that. Stay the course. Yeah, and I, I think it's very similar to Arizona where I, I said stay the course. That might not be perfect words i think it's a don't overreact situation similar to arizona you kind of mentioned this i I guess i sort of did too but i remember you really saying it it might be good to not necessarily sell off the players that you thought you'd be selling off we'll see what happens leading up to the deadline for all we know they have a bad january or february but it, it could be good to just kind of keep things how they are and see what happens more so than get a third or a fourth for someone. Now, there's certain players who, I mean, over the off season we were hearing a first, multiple firsts for like a Scott Lawton. I really think they should have been going for that then and they should still be going for that now. But similar to an Arizona, in a way, to a Chicago, it's working well. I don't know if they necessarily need to be selling off pieces right now. I'll disagree a little in that if their idea going into the season was to look to move Lawton at the deadline because they liked where the value is, I think they should stick to that. But I don't think they should necessarily feel the pressure to move a lot in our Kaneki in particular. Those, I think, were two of the more popular names out there. And I don't think they have to, they need to feel any pressure to move them. If the deal isn't there, if the value isn't there, keep them. So th- that's, that's where I'm at, though, I think, is you're not, going into the season, it was like, okay, the, if you're a veteran on this team, flip a coin and you're gone at the deadline. If not, way more likely to be gone than not. I I'm very much agree this is kind of a you could still move and trade people. Just I don't think it's as cut and dry of like, oh, we can only get a fourth for this person. Okay, fine, we'll we'll make that deal. If you can make the good value trades, you can still do it, but you're not necessarily I guess you're not pressured to do so. 
Yeah, like, and the, like, fourth is, like, Sean Walker, for example. Maybe you now need a little bit better of a draft pick. Otherwise, you're fine with him walking. Like, a fourth, fifth isn't worth it if that's the best you can get because your your team's good enough to at least to, to keep him on. So, stay the course, Philadelphia. And related to that is you are doing well. Don't trade away assets you've worked hard to acquire and put yourself back in a bad situation. So, like, don't sell unnecessarily, but also don't try to speed things up because that could come back and bite you next year. Yep. Pittsburgh, I generically said improve their forward depth, really their bottom six. I think we're kind of on the same page. You have you have someone in particular you want to highlight that I kind of forgot about a little bit. Yeah, so I said bottom six forwards, like a bottom pair depth defenseman. You're looking at depth players for them right now. Might not happen during the season, but you you need to re-sign Gensel most likely. I would be surprised if they ultimately didn't and he walked elsewhere in free agency um seems to be an important part of the team it's a deal they gotta get done nothing too crazy i don't think probably in the sevens maybe low eights but yeah something to keep on the radar for pittsburgh yeah and and again we're we're, we have extension episodes targeted in the near future so subscribe and you'll you'll see when those come out but i i guess was one of the players i've i've kind of already run ahead of time and he you you're dead on i don't think he's going to cost as much as as maybe people might think like maybe approaching eight but probably just a little under eight is is his market value so that should be a no-brainer for pittsburgh to get done it i will say quickly that seems very much like a situation where whatever we believe his market value ends up being on let's say july 1st i could see him going lower staying in pittsburgh yeah i yeah absolutely because Sidney crosby's kind of made him so he should probably stay with crosby so san jose sharks i here i'll say they need to make trades they need to make better trades than what they did with eric carlson (laughs) they need more they need more picks young assets and then you particularly have an idea for making a trade that i fully agree with yeah so i'll say i i don't have like a specific prediction of specific players necessarily but when i look at san jose they've got a lot of expiring contracts really forwards kevin lebang mike hoffman anthony duclair Alex Barbanov, they should be using, and I mentioned the expiring deals because they've used two out of three retention slots, so Burns and Carlson, and those aren't going away next year. They're going to be there for a little while. That one spot left open is pretty valuable. You don't want to take that up with, let's say, make a huge deal involving Thomas Hurdle. You're not going to use that there. I don't even think they'd have to retain really with him. But main point being it would be great to use that spot to try and maximize value on someone like an Anthony Duclair, help his contract fit with a team close to the cap at the deadline. Use that third spot. It'll open right back up after the year. And again, maximize the value of some assets that aren't 
going to be a long-term option for you. E- even basically play middleman if it comes down to it, if you if Th- that very well could be the case too. But but yeah, don't lock your don't use your last salary retention spot and not have it available again in this offseason is is spot on. That yeah. that's that's important for them. Next up, Seattle Kraken. I'll let you start. You've been, you've been on the uh, the goalie train with them a little bit more, so I'll let you go with that. Yeah, not a fan of Grubauer. Wasn't really a fan of the signing. They need a number one goalie. They've got Joey Decord there, who could, I think, be a decent backup. Chris Kreiger. Yep. I was blanking. I was about to say the Florida guy, Florida goalie. They don't have a number one. I don't know how easy it's going to be for them to find it because they don't have tons of cap room, which kind of leads me into this next thing I'm mentioning is uh, Matthew Benier's extension. That's going to need to happen soon. I think they still could really use a, I said an elite talent, but I think you specified that a little more. I mean, we talked about Detroit earlier. They need another goal scorer. Seattle and Detroit, frankly, forward-wise, are very similar in my opinion. Is they have a lot, they have some really nice, good middle six type players, couple, couple clear top line guys, but get more goal scoring. Last year they were able to do it up and down the lineup, but I think that was a little bit of fool's gold. Players had were a little bit hot, and then. And then maybe some mistakes letting both Donato and Sprong walk in the offseason because they were two of their better goal scorers, so maybe that's From part of the issue. lower in their lineup, too. That Exactly. That's a – looking at their team right now, that's kind of an issue for them is lower in the lineup. But also at the top, there's no one that I'm fearing matching up against if I'm another team necessarily. Like, again, good two-way players, but, like, I'm not afraid of Jordan Eberle, like, no. lighting me up any night. So it, you would put I, – I put elite talent. You would put elite goal scorer. I, I think that's exactly it for them. Well, that and a goalie. And then my final one, much like I pounded the table for Montreal with Yuri Slavkowski, Seattle needs to get – Shane Wright going um I mean I know they've they've tried a little bit more with him but I think they've still kind of not handled his development perfectly either so at least he's in the AHL now but his AHL numbers aren't quite where I think you'd want him for a fourth overall draft pick at this point in his career so they need to figure out how to maximize him as well so this year would be a good year to do it. St. Louis, I think we're both a little bit on the embrace the younger player standpoint uh, kind of bus here. I'm picking on them on defense a little bit more because their defensive core is super old. I They might not have the best players in the wings, waiting in the wings on defense at least, but... I think it's time to at least open some spots and see what type of rebuild, retool you can do back there because no one on that blue line at this point is really scaring me. No one's scaring me if I'm another team. Well, yeah, if, if I'm, I'm another team. If I'm, I'm building a team, they're kind of scaring me a little bit. Yeah, just no one's standing out there as a 
true difference maker at this point. Uh, I, I fully agree with take on their defense. Um, just needs to get better. In goal, that's really where I have an issue. Joel Hofer, Hofer, he, this is the first year he's really making his presence known as like a, a good, decent goalie, which is kind of what I think people were thinking he would eventually become. My issue is Jordan Binnington is still bad, still very bad. I think there's an, I'll, I'll say this there, I think there's maybe enough at the start of this year that maybe you could convince someone else that he's not bad. Maybe, but just looking at these two goalies that they have on the roster, Bennington is not good. Jordan Bennington's still playing a significant amount of games. Joel Hofer is actually playing pretty good hockey, a little above average. There's absolutely no reason for him to be playing less than Jordan Bennington. And unless you maybe, if there's worries like uh, from a workload perspective in the NHL or something, they want to ease him in, fine. But if that's the case, we should be looking at a very like even split, in my opinion. They might be working towards that, but you've got a young goalie with potential who is playing at worst at an average. Uh, performance level and then you've got one who you know for multiple years is not a good goalie at this point got to make that change so next up Tampa Bay Lightning we're both kind of on the same train of thought here and it might be a little bit of a hot take that we're about to throw out but I think it's a very reasonable take I was a little more direct I think Maybe a little more drastic, but we're we're talking about the same thing for sure. I guess you I guess your more drastic take should be more fun to lead off with, so Okay, yeah. Steven Stamkos is a free agent at the end of the season. Don't resign him. Not the same player he was. There's still some points on the board. You look at that. Great. From an underlying numbers, advanced numbers definitely concerning and you don't need to be signing him long term by any means and even a three four year deal would worry me a little bit Stamkos if I'm a team looking for offense would still be an option I would say preferably on the wing that said moving back to Tampa Bay I don't think Stamco signs for a crazy amount of money, but it could still very well be six plus, depending on what he wants to do. So let, let's say to stay in Tampa, he's asking for six for, I don't know, two, three years. Six mil against their cap. Their depth is terrible. And really a, a big part of that is they pretty much stop drafting people use their picks to acquire talent. And I'm going to say fine because they pretty much run a dynasty for the past almost decade. They need depth forward 
defense, someone behind Vasilevsky, you need money to spend to do that. And it's it's not even go get someone at league minimum. It's you no, know, you you need a couple good bottom six forwards. Could use a top four defenseman, a solid bottom six defenseman, a good backup so that your goalie coming off of back surgery doesn't need to continue playing 60-plus games a year. I think from a story perspective, it sucks for Tampa to possibly have to let Stamkos go, but I think it's very much needed. Again, we're, we'll have a more in-depth extension value episode. I, Stamkos was one of the early ones that uh, were able to run through the model here. And I my resolution was don't overpay and overcommit to him. And I think the kind of market value that we project for him early on here, four years, $6.8 million would qualify to me as an overpay, overcommitment to him. So if, if that's if that's accurate, which I kind of like it is, be, I kind of feel like it is because of who the comps are, I um, I think it's time to say bye to Steven Stamkos and let someone else pay him that money because I think he gets that in the open market because of who he is. But Tampa Bay, as you just laid out, should not be the one to do that. So so I, I will say quickly, I'm, I'm not going to give the names of the comps. We'll save that for a future episode, but... Looking at this, to me, it's less about the comps because I actually think, speaking from an advanced numbers perspective, those comps are actually better players with those contracts or when they sign those contracts. It's the name recognition you exactly. mentioned exactly. that's going to get Stamkos that money. Yep. Um, but, yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs, we just put out a kind of we'll call it we're calling it a max term short on the William Nylander contract situation I think that really their number one priority is they need to get Nylander and Marner figured out because where they come in drives the rest of the roster yeah, so I 100% agree with you, and it does sound like, if not already, Nylander's getting done. Marner, I think, I mean, it's not getting done right now, but it'll. I think it's fairly easy to gauge right around where it's going to be, at least from a roster management perspective for Toronto. But that last thing you said is absolutely correct, drives the rest of the roster build. They need a goalie. That's really their issue. Um, Samsonov is not right at the moment. Um, they sent him down, see if he can kind of regroup and come back up and fix things. That's honestly their best option, the thing that they need to hope for. It's the easiest solution. But, yeah, they, they need a goalie. Well, the easiest solution is Joseph Wall come back and be healthy and play at the yes. level he was. But Samsonov also, yeah, you, because with his contracts and where they are cap-wise, they have no other option for the rest of this year, realistically. I, I've, I've tweeted this thought a couple times. I'll throw it in right now. Is We talked about over the summer how arbitration in the NHL works. might be a good idea to 
go back and listen to the episode, listen to it the first time if you haven't, because I wonder how much that arbitration hearing is contributing to Samsonov not being mentally mentally strong enough to play goal this year for the Maple Leafs. Because I don't know. I mean, I, there's always things that could change. I'm not a goalie expert with small little tweaks physically or anything. But goalies is much mental. And arbitration would have been all about tearing him down. They need to build him back up. And maybe the fact that they tore him down so much in the offseason is leading to uh, to a little bit of the, the issue this year. So just just food for thought there. But, yeah, Toronto, if, if they can't figure it out with him, this offseason needs to make a different move basically because joseph wall is good but you need someone to pair with him a hundred percent vancouver i'll start because i think it leads actually i think you yeah i'll, I'll start here because my my thing kind of leads into yours nicely i think they need to basically stand pat and not get sucked into the fact that they're towards the top of the standings see where their current roster can bring them maybe a cheap rental is fine but don't put yourself in a situation where you add money especially beyond this year because you have some guys that you need to pay and you need to get long-term done deals done with them yeah so i mentioned they need to be careful adding contracts and it's for that reason there's some deals to get done everyone's talking about Pedersen. He's the franchise player. He's a number one center. That's 100% correct. They need to get him done. That being said, I don't think people are noticing Philip Hronick on defense, and I believe he's playing with Quinn Hughes, and he's playing very well. That was a, ultimately a, a real solid trade for uh, Vancouver. That's another extension that needs to get done. It's why they need to be careful adding contracts. They've kind of struggled the past two, three years in clearing contracts because they couldn't really make a ton of moves. And I think they're finally in a spot where they're going to be able to get some of these contracts done. Don't overreact at the deadline or during the season and bring in some deals that limit your ability to keep the players who are putting you in this current situation young players too it's not a veteran you might need to sign to a contract that's not going to age well it's two young top players so i mean we've talked about that theme for other teams as well so moving on vegas we got three more teams here we'll try and get them up as we're going pretty long at this point vegas I, I'm going to lay this out in that they have both Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson as UFAs after so the, they're under contract for this season and next season. And that's it. And both of them are set to expire at the exact same time. You, If you're Vegas and you're a Stanley, perennial Stanley Cup contender, you can't go into a season without having a resolution there, whether you give a lot – you probably have to give a long-term deal to someone and you probably need to make that decision who it's going to be unless someone's going to take less money or something but you can't go into next season with two pending ufas in goal 
Yeah, I've I've 100% agree. I think the longer they wait, especially going into next season, it's one you're not figuring things out long term, but two you could start limiting the value you would get back for one of them. You could start risking injuries, which both have had in the past. That's kind of their main really f- looking at their roster. That's the main thing that they need to figure out. I mentioned something else just to throw something a little different in. It's more focused on this season at the deadline. They could use a little forward depth, I think, just in their bottom six. Bring someone in. Maybe they get something done for maybe a little bit better than a bottom six. Maybe it's a similar type of trade acquiring a Barbashev-like player this year. But that's really what I'm looking for from Vegas through the end of this year is uh, forward depth. Next team up, Washington Capitals. We're both on the same, same wavelength here. It's about Ovechkin getting the goal record, but really as he does that, you need to be retooling because if you continue to think you're a playoff team, once those, once he and some of the other aging guys are gone, you're in trouble. Yeah, and I would even say as far as that goal record, I'm willing to say I don't think any of the veterans on that team are helping him any more than some of the younger guys would be. He's playing a lot with Kuznetsov this year, and he's terrible. Kuznetsov is not a good player anymore. I put down retool and really be willing to trade any veteran not named Ovechkin or John Carlson. Um, retool, and similar to a lot of these other teams, see what you have in your younger guys because they've got some younger guys. Give them some opportunity. Let one of those centers, uh, Hendrix LaPierre, Connor McMichael, see what one of them can do with Ovechkin. Maybe you find something. Yeah, I think Washington is not going to go that route, but they should. Yeah. They absolutely should. Finishing up, Winnipeg Jets. We have some very differing opinions. We won't spend too long discussing them, but... I'm going to sum up the Winnipeg Jets as they've got they've been married to their guys for a very long time and they extended those commitments to Hellebuck and Shifley. They need to at some point start to move, be okay moving on from guys, letting guys walk, making trading guys away because they're start a lot of their players are starting to approach 30 or the wrong side of 30 and you just can't keep bringing those type of players back. So my resolution for them is start to figure out start to not marry yourself to as many guys be willing to move on from guys you've had for a while. So I'm going to say I agree and I want to say that even though what we both have down here, it, it differs. I think what I have, I, I think you can do both of these resolutions. So I, I put find controllable top six or middle six center. At the same time, I agree that really at some point it's okay if they let some guys go. And honestly, it might be good that this is a team that could maybe use a little bit of a shakeup of 
who they are. So I, I agree with you, and I, I think at the same time, it could be letting certain guys walk, maybe, or maybe trading certain guys. One that sort of stands out to me is Nikolai Ehlers. Great player when he's healthy. That's kind of been the issue. I wonder if they finally just say, you know what, let's try something else and move him and use that money elsewhere. But looking at their roster, they, they've got their number one goalie. Their defense is pretty decent. They're going to need to sign some new deals, but it's it's pretty solid. I really look at the roster and say they could use some more center depth, and part of that being I think Cole Perfetti is very good. I believe he's more of a winger at this point. And initially it was kind of thought maybe he would be one of their top centers down the road. Not really the case. Gabe Velarde's been playing on the wing a little bit. I'm coming over in the Dubois trade, which is fine, but he's not being penciled in necessarily as a center. Go find another center. I wanted to be a little funny at the end of the episode and kind of mention something that certain fans might not like. I feel like, and I don't know if this player is available. Well, he's not right now, I can tell you that. But going forward, depending on what happens with the team, maybe it's this player specifically. I'm more saying this type of player, but a Casey Middlestat-like acquisition would be I think perfect and exactly what Winnipeg needs at this point in time yeah I I I like that I saw your note and I was trying to figure out who you were talking and I'm like okay yeah that that that's who he's talking about because it makes a lot of sense and he fits kind of with Velarde and Perfetti in that he's probably a little bit stronger down the middle but at the same point, he could slide over. Like you don't have to be married to him at center. He can. He's shown he can play on the wing. If if Perfetti does take a couple steps, for example, and, and is actually better suited at center, yeah, he makes. He's a player that makes a ton of sense. Uh, maybe Buffalo can finally get Nikolai Ehlers uh, back after however many years ago he's he had been talked about. But uh, we 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 won't go too deep in that one at this point. But yeah, I I like that idea. You, not young, young, but like mid 20s, still a couple years of restricted free agency, but someone you could comfortably give probably a six, seven, eight year deal to set center with also some proficiency playing wing as well. I, I like that idea. So, middle stat or someone like him, but he's a really good example here. Yes. And again, he might not end up being available, but that type of player really a second line guy that that would help them out a lot yeah a lot yeah and Mesnikov is their second line center right now and he's playing well but you need to do better than that I think and potentially someone that could move up if Shifley hurts takes a step back or something like that as well so that's every NHL team's New Year's resolution we uh, appreciate you listening. We hope all of you have made the New Year resolution to listen to more Max Term podcasts this year. Um, we'll we'll try and keep them coming out as, as best we can. We appreciate you subscribing, all major platforms, Max Term Podcast, 
Uh, give us a follow, any thoughts, questions, ideas, resolutions you want to share with us at AFP Analytics on uh, X, formerly Twitter. And uh, with that, we'll talk to you next time.